Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cantina MX Football Podcast, episode 346. Suddenly, Chivas arise to the occasion. Back-to-back wins, and suddenly they're in repechaje. We're going to be talking about that. And we're going to be talking about these other teams that have been in a slump. I'm talking to you, Atlas. I'm talking to you, Pumas, Cruz Azul. It's been a long, long season already for them. But before I go any further... I'm going to welcome everyone to join us on Twitter, Spaces. We're live right now. And we're also on YouTube if you want to hop on the chat. With that being said, let me welcome Joel to the podcast. Joel, how are we doing? Doing doing good, Jaime. The stars are aligning. Everything seems to be right with Liga MX again. I would say that. The original Grandes are, are finally winning. Oh. It's like they forgot. They forgot, you know. Uh, America, very impressive with what they've been doing. And they have to be candidates. And I think they, they've been a strong team for a while now. Uh, they just had some issues. But, you know, even, even when Solari was there, the numbers they were getting, you know, um, mm-hmm. they were very impressive. Um they so, just they just couldn't get they couldn't get over the hump, which was Liguilla. They kept getting eliminated in the first round. Yeah, and that's and again that's the thing with Liguilla. It's one game. If it was best of six like NBA, we would be singing a different story. But but it's what makes it exciting that you know it gives the 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 smaller teams you know a, a better chance of of advancing. Um, so yeah, man, they're. I mean, it's what five games into the Clásico, and so I think uh, if Chivas picks up the pace, because I do see America maintaining it. If America, if, if Chivas can follow suit, um, we should have a pretty good game on our hands right there. Yeah, that's not until September seventeenth. So that's, that's not that far away, Jaime. You know, that's kind of crazy. It just goes to show how. These double jornadas are starting to add up. We do have, uh, I think, uh, another double jornada. I mean, we ha- we just had one. So, I mean, I think that's just going to be the pace for majority of the season because of Qatar, yeah. right? Because of Qatar. And one thing we talked about about this season and with the double jornada and whatnot, that for a lot of players, this was going to give them a chance to... Uh, try to make their way into the Mexican national team. And I think the list was released today for the friendly against Paraguay. Um, So there's some names there. And I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if Henry Martin, you know, catches a flight to Qatar. Um, I've been having him pegged for national team, but... I've, I've lost track of him after a while, but I, I always felt he has, you know, um, he has what it takes. Yeah, so it's always a World Cup year where suddenly a, a, a player two arises, you know, somebody that wasn't really expected starts to make a name for themselves. And, you know, Mexico has been struggling to get a informed striker that is 
scoring consistently week in and week out. That is not named Javier Hernandez. And I don't know what's happening over there in Mexico, but both Henry Martin and Angel Saldivar are, got a fire under their ass and uh, they continue to score goals. So it's very, very good, very refreshing. It's nice to, it's nice to see that, especially considering the fact that, you know, Tata is, well, he's, he's a big pig-headed. He's very stubborn and he, and he has his usual suspects, you know, Funes Mori, Pizarro. So I think Funes Mori's out of the out of the question right now. I think he got injured. So, or was it his brother got injured? One of them got injured. I'm not sure. One of, but one of the fallas, Mori. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Eddie Martin. Maybe I, I'm pretty sure he's gonna make the World Cup roster. I think he was like gonna make it regardless, but I think this basically solidifies his his ticket. I'm trying to load up like the top goal scores, but the Liga the Liga MX uh site is just not it's the business not, right now. Man. It's not cooperating with you. Oh, here we go. Henry Martin, six goals. And he is leading the league in goals. So stopping Gignac. <clears throat> you know what I know the most embarrassing thing? In third place is uh, Santiago Jimenez with five, and he's not even in the league anymore. <laughs> he had five. Yeah, that's the other guy. I forgot about him for a cool minute. Yeah, he went to the Dutch league and haven't heard from him since. I know um, Orbelin scored a goal. I believe in the season opener of AEK with mm. Almeida. I don't know what the result was. I just saw the goal. And the uh, Orbelin, he even in preseason was like, I think in his debut he scored. So he's out there in Greek Greece doing his thing, and uh, good for him. I know him and Matias have a good solid relationship, and Orbelin is pretty much in the bag. Like I think he's he's for sure going to Qatar. I think the yeah, it was looking unlikely for a bit there. Yeah, it was. <laughs> like he was getting frozen out. Um, in Spain, right? For, yeah, with that the coach just straight said, "I don't." I, I didn't want. want this. I didn't want this Indio. I didn't even ask him who invited him <laughs> to the party, man. Who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah, and the, the thing about that that I heard was that that team, the promoters are tied. To some of the promoters like in Liga MX. Really? Yeah, they were talking about how that that's where the call came from. Like, don't play this guy, you know. Um, I don't know what the reason would be behind it. You know, probably piss someone off. Or co- most likely cost someone money. Because leaving the way you do sometimes. Um, and that could have, that could have been one of the, the things. And that's, well, unfortunately that happens, man. Mm, interesting. Yeah. There's something going on with, uh, Perez Buquet 
from Chivas who like was just, he was just looking good and uh all of a sudden he has his issue with promo foots I don't think he decided to like sign with them and and now he's been kind of like pushed to the side so that's pretty uh pretty interesting what happens in Liga Mekis man As far as the uh, roster for the Paraguay game in Atlanta, um, two goalkeepers, Carlos Acevedo and Malegón. And then with defenders, Kevin Alvarez, Angulo, Gallardo, Lara, Reyes uh, from both Puebla and Atlas. And then Montes. Midfielders, you have Antuna, Piojo Alvarado, Nene Beltrán, Chávez, Romo, Charlie Rodriguez, Pizarro, Cordova, Sanchez from Pachuca. And then uh, with forwards, we have Alexis Vega, Henry Martin, and Lalo Aguirre from Santos. So that is a pretty interesting list there. Uh, Pastor, I believe I put your uh, request in, so... Feel free to speak up if you have anything on your minds. But uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, guys. Hope both of you are having a great night. And, uh, yeah, as far as the topic, I am interested in Tata, how many strikers he takes to the World Cup. As a coach, they usually take, what, four? Um, I don't, With Tata, he, t- he takes, like, five goalkeepers. So, I, <laughs> I don't know, man. Okay, because, I mean, I was thinking, like, Mike, guys that I would say are like guaranteed are uh, Jimenez, uh, Henry Martin, Funes Mori, Vega, and uh, well, both Jimenez. Both Jimenez, Funes Mori, and Vega. Oh. And Henry Martin. So that'd be five. They did extend, right, the number of players from 23 to like 26 or something like that. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I so, think he's definitely going to take all those five. Yeah, he could just take them on. Uh, yeah, Funes Mori uh, is injured. Oh, correct. But he's out, like, for, like, what, 15 days or something? No, I'm talking about, like, World Cup. Is there, like, yeah. healthy at that moment? I'm pretty sure he's going to take those five. Can I, I think Jimenez, um, I don't know if it was – Last week, or is it this upcoming week, where he's he's finally going to be in the starting? Are you talking about uh, Raúl or uh, yes, oh. yes, that. Yeah, um, Raúl scored already with. Uh, well, oh, he started. Well, he scored. He scored uh, in the League Cup. Yeah, so he's he's back in action, which is which is good. It's his it's his starting spot to lose, you know. I know right now he's out of form, but like on paper he's like our best like striker with like the most experience or whatnot. Um from there, Pastor, I don't know, man. Like I think Santiago Jimenez is is obviously gonna go now that he's in in Holland. Henry Martin for sure. Um and then from there, man, it's I mean, is is Alexis Vega considered a forward? I don't, I don't think he's a forward. Uh, I don't think he's a forward either. Put him in the mid category, but on this list, they have mm-hmm. him in the forward category. Yeah, I think. Um, 
Oh yeah, like our listeners since last week, this is like breaking news. But uh, Tegatito's out; he got injured in training. So, I think this is uh, Alexis Vega's position, in my opinion. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not crazy about that. What? That he'll play on the wing, or that he's gonna go? No, no, no. The, the, the Tecatito's out. He just never seemed to like one of those players that with the selection that that was like that. You just need that guy. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I also feel he got screwed. Like 2018, like World Cup prep leading up to the World Cup, he was killing them in those games. Mm-hmm. And then he saw like no minutes of the World Cup. He got Cup. no action. So, yeah, I was so confused because like. I think they had like games against Wells and like Belgium, maybe. Like, and he was balling out. I was so shocked that he's not seeing any minutes at all during the World Cup. And 2018, like, he was hot. Yeah, that sucks, man. That is- I, I, I do agree. He hasn't transcended to the national team. He's never been a player that like carries weight. And uh, it's just one of those players that just, again, doesn't transcend when it comes to the big, the big stage. I was like really disappointed with him uh, last year during the Nations League and the and the Gold Cup. I really thought he would. I don't know if he went to the Gold Cup, but I know he went to the Nations League, and you know he just, he just didn't really like do anything impressive, in my opinion. Um, I'm looking at the lineup against Germany in the World Cup. It was Chucky Lozano and Layun on the on the wings. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, with this one, I was surprised that uh, Sandejas from America did not get called up. He's been balling out, too. And it's yeah. weird how... Because uh, he called up... Has well, he, Pizarro been playing well? He called I mean, Pizarro, I'm, I'm, bro. Because, I mean, I know Monterrey's in first place, but has Pizarro been playing well? I mean, I don't watch Monterrey games, so I don't even know. Pizarro uh, missed, a, missed a pretty big open net against Chivas. I, I just think he didn't want to score against his former club. And then mm. he also had like a bicycle kick against Chivas. But I'll be honest, man, like Pisado has been a player that maybe because of marketing reasons is the, is really the only reason I see him continuing to get called up. But this guy has not been, he's not national team material right now, in my opinion. Yeah, he's not. And then how even about marketing? I mean, like how many people love Pisado where, like, people go to the stadium or watch him play or, like, buy his jerseys. Uh, same thing with Antuna. Antuna hasn't been hot recently. But I guess because when Tata started, he was, like, one of those guys that stepped up to the play for him. So I just feel like Tata's at a point where he's, like, just giving thank yous to the guys that have been riding with him the whole time. Mm-hmm. He's just taking them. Yeah. Like I said, he's very pig-headed when it comes to that. It, And I think, like, in his opinion, it's, like, you have to like convince me to like not, you know. You have to like outwork them, or you have to like really be outperforming them. And so far, it's like, I don't know, I don't know if he actually tunes into like Liga Mekis every week. But I do agree. I do agree that Zendejas is is in much better form than him. And uh, I will say, Cordova, he he actually has been playing well. Um, he's actually been starting to like recover his form that he had at America. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think he did deserve a call up as far as Antuna. I don't know what he sees in in him. Honestly, like after watching him in the all-star game, like, I don't even know how this dude has a professional contract. Like this guy's, 
I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I feel like he just doesn't he doesn't take it serious, man. Yeah, he just does enough just to uh, get by, not to get fired, but not to get he promoted. Like, he reminds me a lot of Vela, just without like the talent. But like, I think he re- <laughs> he relies like on on a lot of like just natural ability and like skill. And like, I can tell he's one of those players like in training that just does not take it serious. Uh, and it's such a shame because you know he obviously has the the he had the potential. There's no, I mean. You don't get scouted by Man City for any, for no reason, you know. He did go to Europe. It's just one of those players that just because of discipline and and just lack of professionalism, he's just going to be another one of those fringe players in Liga Mekis that get called up to the national team, but not someone that you're going to be talking about ten years from now. Well, you might for outside of the field issues, but not <laughs> not for his talent and his accomplishments. No, I feel that. Four or five years, he's gonna be playing in Querétaro, Puebla, something like that. Or maybe he's gonna join the uh, Central America tour with uh, Guli Peña. God damn! Because <laughs> just railing on this poor dude. Um, yeah, Guli just signed with some team from what is it, Honduras? Um... Yeah. <laughs> Bro, how? I want to have someone fight for me. The way people fight for Guli Peña, like his agent, bro, that guy is the agent of the year. How the fuck does he continue to get employed, man? But, but those are, uh, you know, without due respect, Central America, it's, they're basically semi-pro. You know, he, he, he doesn't get paid nowhere near what he was making. Um, and then poor dude probably doesn't know how to do anything else. Yeah, when these guys don't go to school, they just they just do football. When he was in Guatemala, uh, he was like the most paid player in the league, and he's making like six thousand dollars a month. Yeah, Uh, you're lying. um, That's what the reports came out, and he was making like double of like the next. Antigua FC, and that's that's a that's a good amount of money there, you know. Yeah, no, that's a great Nick, amount of money. Like Nick, you're making six thousand dollars a month in Guatemala or like many other countries like that, you can have a decent lifestyle. Yeah, even in Mexico. That yeah. is uh forty six thousand Guatemalan quetzal. I had to Google it. Sounds like a lot of money. <laughs> to kick a ball, man. I know that yeah. there was like some weird like cult in Guatemala, like all these white people just like moved there and like they had like this weird cult over there, and they were like cult, cult. yeah, they were like weird, bro. It was like this like just like bunch of expats that like moved to Guatemala and started like basically like exploiting like the cheap labor and and like the housing. Oh, but. I- so I, I can imagine, like, yeah, it doesn't take much to, like, live off of $6,000 a month. Yeah, I wouldn't call that a cult. No, dude, it was, like, if you saw the videos, you'd be like, this is weird, bro. I know there was, like, hippie communes where it's, like, they're probably trust fund kids and they have, like, X amount of money. And between all of them, they could rent huge plot of land. Because I did see one, uh, something similar. And it just was like, it looked like paradise, like the mm-hmm. home. And they had like some lady preparing them like natural fruit juice. You know, she, that was just her job. It was like a 
like a juice bar and you just walk up and yeah and uh, yeah and for so some of these dudes that's what they do especially if you can work from any place you yeah. know go make sure there's there's internet hooked up and they're basically living living the life dude so yeah Guli Peña signed with CDS Vida and they're in Honduras Man, Central, I don't know. I don't know what Central America is. He's a Guli Peña, but I guess good for him. But he did win. He's, he won. I know he won in El Salvador. With Fas. Yeah, yeah, he won the league. Uh, and he, he was a good talent. So, you know, and, and you see players like that, usually from South America, that will end up like in Guatemala or some other team where it's like, they're just very indisciplined and the clubs, you know, you build a bad rep and then nobody really wants you. And well, these are like semi-pro teams where it's like, well, they still need some money. They still need like I think some type of attraction, you know, to. I wouldn't disrespect like Olympia because they're, you know, they're consistently in the Champions League. But for the rest of the league, I really can't speak for them. Yeah, those are probably state back teams. So my ring the Arsenal right now, like the And it's saying that when he was at Cruz Azul, he was getting paid one hundred and ten thousand dollars a month. Oh, so that's, wow! That's definitely a huge pay cut. But it's also saying that that six thousand he was making with fast that the government was helping uh, supplement that. Mm. So I'm guessing like with those that team since they were like the. I guess the bigger team in Guatemala and Olympia and Honduras. I'm sure they're like state backed or something like that. <clears throat> yeah. I will tell you, like, no one's like, it's not like he's drawing like a huge crowd. He's probably more likely to draw a bigger crowd at, at a bar getting drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's true. I mean, like, it's like, <laughs> what? Why would you watch it? I mean, not even just him, like just like the league in general, especially with internet and all that stuff now. It seems like most people watch like European leagues, like in uh, those parts of the world, you know, like yeah. Central America, uh, Southeast Asia, like countries that don't have like strong leagues or strong national teams. It seems like they just adopt like one of the top European teams and just like settle for that. They, they do, but I mean, they still get like, like if you want. To see live football, that's that's like your best bet. Mm-hmm. I had a thought; it just went away. It disappeared to like fart in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like you're right. Like on TV, yeah, they have that option, but I mean, like. We have to also keep in mind how, like, some of those countries, a lot of people can't afford, like, internet or, or like, satellite or, or cable, whatever. <clears throat> and uh, that's usually their best bet of the local team to, to see football. Yeah. Oh, I remember. Um, we have, like accounts on twitter and like people dedicated on on youtube to just like keeping us updated as far as players mexican players in europe you know they'll 
they'll literally scout anybody, anyone that has any ties with like Mexico. They'll they'll try and like, hey, look, this is what this Mexican did this week. You know, like the guy that was like, what was his name? He's like gonna play for the Argentino national team, Romero, something Romero. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But like, we need someone that can uh, can do the same effort, but in like Central America. Like, I want to I want to know how many Mexicans are in Central America because there's a lot, bro. Like, there there was a name that was thrown out there the other day. I had forgotten about this guy for a long time, Giovanni Hernandez. Oh, from Chivas. Yeah, dude. I know. I think um. I think he's playing in Mexico right now, though. He came back. He's at. Yeah, he is. What was that dude from Cruz Azul? No, was it? No, not Hobbit. Are you talking um, about the, the short, a little short dude from their cantera? Oh, Villaluz. Yeah, I think he was playing down there as well. Cesar Villaluz. Cesar, was it Cesar? Cesar. Yeah, that guy disappeared, man. He was. He was He's supposed at... to be like. Alcones de Querétaro. Yeah, his was issue was that uh, injury he had in the final versus Toluca. Damn. That was one of the – that was a terrible injury, man. Yeah, he said uh, he woke up and was in the hospital and like, had no idea how he got there. And then once he realized what was going on, like he like tried to rip the IVs and everything out of his arms, like get to the stadium. That's how like delusional he was. Oh, my but God. He, ne- he never like bounced back from that. Like, it was such a horrific hit, like. Yeah. He had no idea where he was at. That's crazy. Yeah, he went to uh, Club Polideportivo Casereño. Yeah, man. And uh, speaking of Cruz Azul, that's 7 0. God. That's 7 0, Cruz Azul. I don't know what was worse, the score or Ochoa after the game saying that he's never experienced something like that. Oh, like, you asshole. Do you forget about Mexico, Chile? You forget that? I'm pretty sure so. he, he's he been talking <laughs> to him. Watching it from the other side. <laughs> <laughs> well, he probably like went through like hypnotherapy after that match to kind of forget about it. Like in his yeah, in his mind, that that seven one doesn't exist. No, not at all. And then uh, I feel like Jurado's career might be over. I don't think we're gonna see him starting only got Mekis again. Because like when he was Veracruz, like Pachuca spanked them nine to two, Nakaxa seven to zero. You know, he's just always been getting scored so many goals, but he just has terrible luck. But I just feel like that stigma is gonna stick to him. That uh, oh, I forgot about him already. Yeah, apparently, like. He's like the third choice keeper now. It's gonna be like Corona and some other guy. Yeah, Cruz Azul took him. And uh, Gudinho, right? Have... Yeah, I think that's his name. Gudinho's was... uh, the brother of Raúl Gudinho. Uh, he was oh. at Cruz Azul. Well, this guy was supposed to replace Corona. He was like at one point, like the the next best thing at the GK position, and uh, Cruz Azul seemed to be a bad choice. He was getting a lot of hype, you know, at Veracruz, and then he, like, said that he would never play for Chivas, or he said something about Chivas, and, you know, he's been cursed ever since, man. 
Yeah, and you know, they must not follow him. He's done. I just wanted to mention really quick, we were talking about these players that go to Central America. And I remember watching a, kind of like a documentary. It was like on ESPN or Fox, one of those sports. And they were interviewing a player that was... And uh, <laughs> they were taking this guy to the match in the back of a pickup. I was... Oh, <laughs> was I remember that. Line. Yeah. And I was like, I felt like when I was a kid, when they used to be legal to ride uh, in the pickups. But I'm like, damn, dude, like that. And in the back, too, man. Not even in the front. <laughs> <laughs> like the dog rides in the front. Dude, dude that, that happened to me. <laughs> damn. Yeah, dude. We uh, we had a practice in a really far away like field, and uh, I didn't have a ride back. Like a lot of us didn't have a ride back. So our coach like made us go in the the bed of his truck, but we had to like lie down to show you know because obviously here in the states they they trip about that. There was at least three of us in the in that bed of the truck, dude. Oh my god, that shit was crazy. Um. As far as as Cruz Azul and and that seven zero, I think we have to thank Chivas because they played on Friday against Necaxa and whooped them four zero. And uh, America said, "Anything you can do, I can do better." And they had to put that beat down on Cruz Azul seven zero. I didn't I didn't watch any of the matches, but I was just like, "Wow, is that is this real life? Like, did that really just happen?" Well, I blame. Uh... Baca, like, there's this, uh, I can't remember the name, but it's on TikTok. It shows, like, search uh, Rafa Baca, and it shows you, like, the highlights of his games. The dude is just terrible. Like, he's just horrible. Like, I don't know he's a professional. Like, he literally plays for the other team. So many turnovers, <laughs> terrible passing. And I texted my buddy, like, at some of the highlights. I was like, dude, as long as Baca's playing for Cruz Azul, they're not going to win. Like, this dude just gives up the whole midfield. Sounds like and- Harry Maguire. Yeah, it literally. And the next game, boom, 7 nothing, and he gets a red card at halftime, too. Mm. But, no, the man is just terrible. I, don't, I think Chivas won him, like, two years ago. Thank <laughs> God that never happened. Damn. Yeah, sometimes just well-connected, you know. Yeah, so we had Chivas start the Jornada 10 with that, with that 4-0 beatdown. Angel Saldivar turned into somebody else. And you know, finally, he was he's starting to get the the form back that uh, was once associated with him. You know, like at one point he was our top leading goal scorer, and you know, then he went to Puebla. He went to uh, no, not Puebla. He went to um, Rayados. Well, it was part of the trade. Rayados, yeah. pretty much. I don't know why they wanted that. It didn't make sense to me. So when. Uh... Yeah, she was when, when they threw was at their midfielder. When they went for Molina. They, yeah, they said, we want money plus this guy on loan. With and no option like, to buy. <laughs> and we're going to send you a, the, the biggest tronco ever in return, Madrigal. Um, This was right after the Club World Cup, too, when he, you know, he was their scorer and everything. And it was it was just weird, man. It was a weird trade. And sent- yeah, the club, we would just, I, mean, I, I do feel the club messed up there agreeing to that because you're right, he was on good form and it's like, why would you do that? You know, why, why could you have such a hard time getting strikers and you're about to let go 
of one of your current better ones on uh but they don't have it you know they're basically telling you they don't even want him with no option to well i, I think it was was it chivas that put that clause or was it them um i'm, I'm pretty sure chivas put that clause in that but see even even that doesn't make sense because it's like that just makes that that transfer the more bizarre because then the club is like, well, we're not gonna have an option to buy him. Yeah, we're we're only gonna use him if we really need him. Yeah, and Monterrey was stacked at the time. There was like, it was stupid. It was a bad trade. It's career suicide. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, I mean, that's... yeah, for real. That's exactly career suicide. That's one of the pisses me off about Monterrey fans that they say that uh, Chivas ruins careers. I'm like, how many young players go to Monterrey? And how many of them have gone to Europe? The only guy you can claim is the Catito, and he literally broke his contract. Yeah. You guys don't send no one in Europe. Like, who are you talking? Like, Ponchito right now, he's killing it. He ain't going to go to Europe. Montes, the only European team he can go to is someone in Russia where the whole world's locked down against them. <laughs> like, that's how bad you guys are. This man is willing to go to Russia, be sanctioned and everything, so hopefully he can make a move somewhere else later. <clears throat> Yeah, Rayados is weird, man. They, I think they just throw stupid amounts of money at these players, and it's like, it's kind of like Elvis in Vegas. You know, he just can't walk away. But, um, yeah, Chivas kicked off things four zero. Very satisfying victory for them, and that was their first victory of the season. And you know, some of the matches that were anticipated ended up not being interesting at all. With the big Clásico Rejo Montano with Rayados and, and Tigres just scoreless. <clears throat> he also had uh, Atlas tying with Puebla. Puebla are actually doing pretty good this season. They're, they're in ninth position, and they have five draws in a row. <laughs> <laughs> kind of reminds me of like Chivas. They weren't losing games, but they weren't winning them either. Um the other huge lopsided victory was for Santos beating Pumas. 5-1, man. Well, yeah, Pumas. Pumas has turned into a joke. Um, I believe our good friend Pastor here had them as candidates. Hey, man, Daniel was joined and it's just ruined them. Yeah. No, and honestly, Pumas isn't doing that terrible in the sense of you look at their stats. They only have three losses. They're, they have six draws. Like today, they were up one nothing and get tied in aggregate time. Uh, but not disrespecting Dani Alves, but I think what ruined them is that he came on and then they felt pressure to play him because one of his agreements was that he wants to go to the World Cup. So, you know, he's not going to be on the bench. But they started him at left mid, and it just left so many gaps in the middle. They should just played him at left back. And people say he's 39. I don't think he can handle it. I'm like, come on, man. Like, Sunday League, I see, like, 39-year-old guys with beer guts defending against 21-year-olds. <laughs> Why can't Dani Alves defend in Liga Mekis? And if you're so worried about it, play a back line of five. But I, I think remember them, those days. But I think, I think them putting him in the middle left so many gaps that just that game development just ruined them. But they only have three losses. I mean, they have six draws. They're not, you know, it's like Chivas. Chivas has, what, two wins, five, six draws? Yeah, they only mm -hmm. had two losses. You're, you're mm -hmm. right, see? Yeah, so I like Pastor, man. He, 
he always backs his shit up, so it's it's good. Um, now, yeah, dude, because uh, they were they were exaggerating with Chivas as well. They only had two defeats, and so I think that's happening with with Pumas right now. It's getting uh, the media's just having a field day, just going after them, and I, I think a lot of times they do a disservice because a lot of people listening, like or learning about the game, those become like their talking points. You know that, they, and they were what they focus on, and then they they miss out like on the bigger picture of. Yeah, like uh, Alvaro Morales from ESPN, like today he went on a uh, tweet rant. They start oh, calling God. him Nadie Alves. He calls him Nadie Alves now. And I'm like, dude, are you kidding me now? Like, this is like an international star. Like, whether you know he, we're not gonna put all the blame on him. Uh, I put the blame on the coach for playing him out of position. But it's not Donny Alves' fault, a bunch of other things going on. And now imagine, like, if you want to track players to come to the league of, like, that caliber, and they see how other players have been disrespected, that's a big turnoff. There's no it way. Is, if, yeah. if Danny would have gone to Seattle, I think MLS. I was, you know, was pushing him for yeah. him, he would not be getting this type of treatment by anyone in the media, yeah, even absolutely. if Seattle was in last place. The, the coach tried to warn him. I, I do. Brazilian coach. Yeah. <laughs> I, he was like, look. I find it interesting how the tables have turned, man. Like when he came in and the signing happened, oh my god, everybody was globbing it up. I was in Mexico when this happened, man, and the newspapers and the magazines and the media, like it was all about Danny Alves and the coverage and attention that he got. It was crazy. And like you fast forward like a month later, not even, and this dude's like the most hated guy in Liga Mekis. Like, what the hell, bro? Like God, that's we're so to- why are we so toxic? Yeah, that's what it is. It's toxic because even if he would have played left back the whole time, and let's say they would have been keeping clean sheets, but the offense wasn't scoring, you guys didn't bring a striker. You didn't bring Luis Suarez. You brought a left back. What made you think that you were going to be winning and like winning every single game? At the end of the day, you need your offense to step it up, and that's what's been going on with Pumas. They just keep in all these draws. Yeah, Dineno. And uh, who's that one guy they, they like picked up from Pan- was it from Panama or something? I think he's not even on the team anymore. And then they had this guy from Argentina too. It's like I don't know, man. Um, yeah. but I I do agree though. Like the the kind of slander that Danny has gotten, like I don't think people really think things through. Like if you're if you are like like what do you think is gonna happen? He's gonna go to the Brazilian national team. And he's going to be talking about how badly he's been treated in Liga Mekis. And that's going to obviously deter a lot of like Brazilian players to like coming here. Correct. Yeah. I mean, and with what Liga Mekis is saying that the growth they plan on doing as far as like versus MLS and stuff, if I was Liga Mekis, I'd be giving Alvaro Morales a private call and saying like, yo, shut your fucking mouth, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, I heard, I don't know if it's true, but I think it was negotiated in his contract that, yes, that he would play like in the starting 11, but also that he would play in the midfield. So I think that was his call, not Lilini. Yeah, with players like that, it's always the coach that takes the, they end up taking the, the hit when things go wrong. And it's like, they don't really have a choice, you know? Bro, 
you know, Danny in his contract negotiated like, all right, I'm going to get some prostitutes, some cerveza, starting 11, left midfield. Like, what else should I throw in there? Like, he bas- they basically had to, like, promise him everything. <laughs> and, you know, there was uh, this Brazilian guy on the subreddit that, like, warned us, like, Danny Alves is not the you know player that he used to be. Like, watch out. He's going to be just, like, collecting his paycheck and laughing all the way home. So far, it's been the case. But, uh, Joel, how are you feeling about this matchup on, on Saturday? Chivas play Pumas? I'm feeling good. I think it could be 3 for 3 now for, for the coach. I don't know, man. I don't like it when you're confident. <laughs> Wait, I was confident about Cadena the whole season. Yeah, the typically I have to go to for his head. Typically I have to go opposite of what you say, so <laughs> <laughs> it's like the weatherman, like, oh it says it's gonna rain today. Oh shit. <laughs> no, yeah, Pumas has been they're not doing too good. Uh, I was telling you earlier, I just hope they don't pick the Chivas game. Yeah. That's their wake up call. Uh, if they could hold off. One more week, that would that would definitely be a plus. I would say the only advantage Chivas have is, you know, they did play on, on Tuesday. Uh, Pumas just played today. And the game's on Saturday, so Chivas have a little bit more rest. And they're at home. This game won't be free. Um, there was free attendance against Rayados, and the fans showed up, and they supported the club. So, you know. Hopefully they can con- continue that sort of um, attendance. I know it's not going to be free, but hopefully they encourage more people to go to the ballpark. Yeah, we're broke, so they're probably going to do double the price for this game to make back the money. Um, we do have other listeners on our Twitter spaces, so if, if you do want to speak up, Johnny Rico, feel free. Yes, Johnny came to Claude about America. <laughs> he's, he's, he's feeling confident they're going to wreck you. Us. <laughs> I already told him, wait wait for the five days. And he was already wrecked another win. It could be another one. So like I said earlier, it could be a re- it, could, it could turn into a really good, uh, a good classical if all teams get to that. Get well, to that game and, and on fire, you know? That's what you hope for, right? Like, I, I'll be honest. Like, the Clásicos, like, the last couple of seasons, there really hasn't been much of a rivalry or, like, you know, it's 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 always anticipated. But I think what you would love to see is two teams in really good form and then two strikers that are, you know, hopefully by then leading the league in goals. And that makes it more enticing and a lot more entertaining. You know, I remember when... It'd be like Omar Bravo, and you know he'd be like our top goal scorer, and he'd be up against like um, Piojo Lopez or whatever the case. You know, America always had the the flavor of the month or whatever. But you you want to see that? You want to see like both teams doing well? Hopefully, we'll we'll see that on the seventeenth. Yeah, I think what helped America a lot was those. Uh friendlies versus European teams and unlike Chivas, they actually like went out with their starters. So that's true. You know, once you go like play high level teams like within two weeks, 
and then you go to Liga Mekis where the other teams move the ball around a lot slower, you kind of feel like you're like a level above them compared to where you were uh, playing. So I think that was actually like a big plus for them going out with their starters against City, Madrid, and uh, Chelsea. Yeah, no, for real. I know I know what you mean. Like when you're playing against people above your level, like significantly above your level, and then you go back to like regular day, you're like, man, this, this ain't shit. It, it was the wake up call, right? They're like, we were sweating it about Puebla. Yeah. Uh, Rico, see if we can get you to speak up. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up? You guys talking about those friendlies uh, against the European teams that American Chivas had? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. I was reading that uh, Henry Martin he. He heard the rumors that he was sucking, so they were going to send him to Chivas. So he decided to wake up, start scoring some goals. Yeah. Hey, I got no problem with that. I did not want that man at Chivas. Man, I, I have no problem with that. I, throughout the entire like last two, three seasons, I've been a diehard defender of Henry Martin against all, like I would take on all Americanistas. Really? Hell yeah! I, like I, I knew Henry Martin would wake up, and like if you go down my timeline, you'll see the the, the tweet before week one that I predicted he'd be campeón de goleo. Wow! Yeah, I did. I I've been also a, a Martin defender since he was at uh, Tijuana, and I wanted I wanted him at the Goats. America beat us to him, but. That's that, but I mean, I, I, you know, he's. I think he's he's stayed a good player. Yeah, he he reminds me like a lot of Oribe Peralta, like what Oribe Peralta was at his age. Like that's Henry Martin reminds me a lot of him. Yeah, I liked Oribe at Santos. I think that was pretty entertaining to watch. Um, how do you feel about Ochoa? There is a rumor going around that he hasn't uh, extended his contract with America and he might be uh, going elsewhere, maybe probably MLS. Well, I, I really hope not. Like, uh, I think Ochoa has you know, proven himself throughout his career against the haters. Uh, I think he he's earned the right to stay at America until the day he retires. No question that. Yeah, I, I agree, Johnny. I agree with you. I, that's one of the things I don't like about um, Liga MX with, like, the fans are so easy to turn on players. And I was just talking about how the, you know, a lot of the media in, in MX, just because that's, um, they'll they'll exaggerate things. They'll make players seem like they're really horrible or, or, or the opposite, better than what they really are. Um but I, I agree with you, man. We, I don't think we see it as often as we used to where there's players that, like, they'll do, like, their whole career at a club or a, a good chunk of it. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Ochoa did, did leave America, but that was to go to Europe. But, that you know, 
it still would be a great story to have Ochoa retire at America. The thing is now, you know, I think unlike in the past, goalkeepers have a very long career. Like Ochoa still has plenty of, of years left in him. So I don't know if like eventually America will kind of just like lose patience with him or maybe they'll try and like get Marchesin to return or what what have you. And obviously MLS, um, certain markets like I'm thinking Atlanta, I'm thinking Los Angeles, I'm thinking Chicago. Like imagine Ochoa coming to MLS, like even like casuals and people that don't really follow the sport recognize Ochoa because of what he's done at the world stage, at the World Cup, so... But, but I think goalkeepers is the one position where they, like... The league here doesn't... They, they don't want to go after, you know... Like a DP, you mean? Yeah, on, on goalkeepers. But, I mean, we're talking about Ochoa, bro. Like, his marketability, like... He, he'll put butts on the seats. Like, he'll sell tickets, he'll but, sell jerseys. But you know, when, when he was in Belgium, he's freezing his nuts off, and it was like, he didn't want to be there. I don't recall ever hearing any like rumors of like anything wanting him. You mean in Europe, right? When when Ochoa was in Europe, like I, I don't recall any team in here in MLS wanting him. He, it would have been perfect, you know. He like he wanted it just he wanted out. I guess he didn't like living there. Um, and I never heard of any team like, you know. <laughs> You know, it's it's not that far fetched for me to think that if if America are patient with Ochoa, Ochoa could become like the first player in world history to make six World Cups. Yeah, I I, I do think that too. Like he's he's thirty seven now. You know, making a World Cup at forty one. That you know, at Ochoa's level, I don't I don't think that's far fetched. No, and and also like I I know I know like um. Mexican football will want just to have that in the books. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this clip of this guy going in on Ochoa. I did, but play it because um. Let's see if I can play it for you guys. It's the one that he's saying just because of his looks. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. I found it. I found it. Hold on. Uh, bueno, un portero que no sabe salir, un portero que no tiene juego con los pies, un portero sin huevos porque es lo que es, un capitán de mentiras cuando le ha tocado ser capitán de la selección o de la América, eso es lo que es Guillermo Ochoa, un tipo que si tuviera tu cara o mi cara, en su puta vida hubiese jugado al fútbol, jugó en el fútbol, fue a Europa y vende lo que vende, porque es un tipo agraciado que la gente se mamaba con su pelo y se fue a jugar a Europa por puro marketing, Memo Ochoa ¿Es la mentira a ti que te gusta hablar de mentiras? De los últimos 15, 17 años. Y me gustó mi monólogo. Damn. I don't think this guy remembers how Ochoa debuted. He was debuted by Leo Benhacker. 
and at what, like 18? And, and he showed. Yeah, no, from, not only that. that if, if you guys wa- if you guys watched the America game against uh, yesterday against Querétaro, where a puerta cerrada with no fans, like even even the commentators were saying that like you can hear Ochoa's voice, like he's he's the he's the commanding captain of of the America squad, like he's the one screaming all of the instructions on the field. I mean, with what that guy said, I will say, I mean. He did say some truths, though. I mean, Ochoa is terrible with his feet. He's terrible coming out. Uh, he hasn't stopped a penalty in God knows how long. I have heard America fans say that they wouldn't mind a generational change. And uh, Jimenez, he did really well against European teams as well with having, like, general generational change there as well. Uh, and Ochoa, can he go to the World Cup 2026? Yeah, for sure. But I think it would be more like in the leadership role like you know there for the younger players i think the mexico fans want a generational change as well not at the world cup i, I thought could, could play every world cup game as far as i'm concerned <laughs> i don't yeah, know bro. Us for three years straight and then at the world cup <laughs> give him his headband and he's hey, i'm straight the, the only truth that guy said is that ochoa is good looking Ah, <laughs> uh, for those w- wondering where this came from, La Proroga on uh, YouTube. Yeah, they're like a, like an America podcast. So the guy that's that that said bro, this, bro. Were they listen to the America podcast. I don't. I don't listen to it, bro. This clip went viral, and this guy looks like. Three guys put together. This guy's ginormous, bro. <laughs> he was je- you, could, you could hear the jealousy, man. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was jealous, man. <laughs> I don't want to disre- disrespect Ochoa. I think he's been one of the most like consistent goalkeepers for Mexico. It's nice to have peace of mind in the back. The last thing you want to worry about if you're Mexico is who's going to be our starting goalkeeper, right? Like I can remember uh, like a man. Like a big mess up he's done at the World Cup. No, at the World Cup he turns into like Superman. Like I don't even know. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, it's one of those positions that you don't have to ever worry about. I will say though, you know there are some some prospects on the come up. Acevedo's a, a great option. Um, who else? I don't know if Jurado's. I think I think he's not the truth. No, he's done for. Right now, I mean, if we were to me being kind of like biased, I would say Wacho Jimenez has definitely earned an opportunity to get at least called up, man. He had a really good game against uh, Monterrey. Yeah, he's a lot of good games throughout the season. Almost no mistakes, zero at all. And, uh, you know, his defense is, uh, as far as goals against, they're like best in the league, tied with Tigres and I think somebody else. And you know when you play for a team like Chivas, that also has a little bit of weight to it. So the, the Pumas goalkeeper is also not that bad either. Who's the Pumas goalkeeper? Uh, Gil. Uh, I can't remember his first name. He, yeah, Gil. It's not Gil Alcala. That's an old referee, right? Well, no, I think that is his name. Uh, uh yeah, Alcala. 
has the name of an old referee. Probably related. Sal <laughs> Junior. Sal Junior. Gil Saúl Acala Barba. But yeah, he, I've, I've seen a few Pumas games. He's, he's not that bad either. He for for a team for a team that gets beat up like Pumas, you know, he's kind of holds his own. Yeah. There's a lot of goalkeepers in Mexico. As far as um, Linus, man, he's kind of been MIA. I know he he went to Braga to get some minutes in Portugal, and this dude got, like, an assist the other day, but this guy's not starting. And it's like, well, like, this kind of defeats the purpose of you leaving Betis. Betis, leaving America in the first place. I don't know oh. why. <laughs> I do think he bulked up, though. You know, I don't think he would have bulked up at America. I mean, but not not just in Mexico. You know, it's, I, I you know, because we have had players that are bulked up, but I mean, perhaps the clubs don't. But if the players want to, like, what, what's what's more likely, him getting bulked up on his own or hanging out with Henry Martin? Henry Martin is bien ponchado. I don't know what he does, but he's one of the few players in Liga Mekis that's actually yoked. But I mean, if you like a, another prime example of like body transformation, like Chucky Lozano, man, like that guy was like skin and bones at Pachuca. And I know, like you know, you do lose a little bit of velocity and speed when you do like gain a little bit of muscle mass, but at the same time, you gain strength. So it's like, I feel like yeah, in, in Europe they just I, do a better job of. PT. I heard one of the I heard one of the Manchester City players told the, Sendejas that if he he put on some muscle, that he he'd be in Europe pretty soon. Oh really? Yeah, like after the friendly, you mean or what? Yeah, yeah after, after one of the friendly. Kyle Walker, I think. Really? Yeah. Wow. Is he really that good? I mean. He's like, eat some of those Clembuterol tacos. <laughs> You'll be here by next summer, dude. He needs to talk to uh, Canelo Alvarez and Tatis Jr. No, to gain weight to that other guy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're, we're talking shit about a San Diego player now? <laughs> I'm just calling out people that do illegal drugs. No, and, and this race, dude. Remember when he put that Chihuahua shirt on? Andy Reese. Andy Reese was his workout was uh, picking up the burger at McDonald's and put it in his face. I'm I'm not a baseball fan, but I am a San Diego fan, and Fernando Tatis is practically as big as it gets here in San Diego. Well, he was. <laughs> oh man, and you know it's such such a shame because. He was the he was literally going to be the face of baseball. Him and uh, Otani. So for him to be, get caught with whatever he got caught with, all bad. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, going back to that like Ness thing, I know he left America and that seemed as a mistake. But I think it's the point. Like, bro, you've been at Betis like for how many years? Now you're in Portugal. Like, would you? didn't develop at America, I'm sure you should have developed it at Betis now to at least, like, get, see, like, good playing time in Portugal, like, with a lower team. And 
and if I'm not mistaken, there's um they got more than one Mexican. Bisuto. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Wait, they got Pisuto? Yeah, remember? He uh Damn, champion at Lille without even having to step on the field. And then uh went to Braga because he got his contract like terminated. Yeah, he never recovered from that injury. And uh hasn't played a professional game in two years, man. Perfect for Chivas, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Just play him now. In fact, he hasn't even played a prof- he's played one professional game in his entire life. That's crazy. In, uh, America, America won up that. They they signed Fidalgo with no professional games <laughs> under his belt. Who? Fidal- Fidalgo had not made his professional debut. Before. Like, he made his pro debut with America. You're lying. Like, yeah, well, that was all Solari, though. Solari's, oh, when he was coaching Madrid, he saw Fidalgo, like... Wait, are you talking about Alvaro Fidalgo? Yeah, he, he yeah. played, like, you, like... Real Madrid, Castilla, like his whole career, and but, made his professional debut with America. But he plays. Well, it says that he was playing um, Rayo Majadona Honda. What? <laughs> I kid you not. Rayo Maja, Majada Honda. Must have been bought by Japanese. The, my favorite of the America. Transfers has to be antique. Like I must play like what twenty minutes in two seasons. What was the name again? Fantique. It's a Brazilian. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like how bad? Who sold him? Like why? Why? Wait. How do you spell him? his name? Fantique. Fantique. Like it. Like it sounds like like Fanta, but you know. Good America Fantique, you'll, you'll get a bunch of stuff on them. I can't find it, bro. America had servers washed. So that. <laughs> I mean, another embarrassing one was uh, Chiqui Marco, the ref, when he was appointed coach of Salamanca and got fired three days later. I forgot about that. Wait, who? Chiqui Marco, the guy who used to be a ref, he got appointed a coach at Salamanca, and then literally they fired him three days later. Wow. Because apparently uh, there was issues with the players in him three days into the job. Wait, so what's the story with this guy? I, I found him on Wikipedia, and this guy has no uh, no appearances. Mar- oh. Marcio Delvi Marcio, you... <laughs> Marcio Delvi da Costa También conocido como Fantic So what, he never Can played? Have... <laughs> <laughs> I guess not he, he Yeah, I, I don't I, I was surprised wow. uh, And I, I think he was like Related to someone Like Romario's third cousin or something like that no shit you know what's crazy is this isn't the first time i've heard of this like there was this famous guy right who like he like hyped himself up and like he went to like a few clubs 
without ever like playing on the field. He just like yeah, he would fake injuries. He was fake injuries before he like played. Pekka is legendary. And one, <laughs> one time the, the coach puts him in and he starts a fight with the fans. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then they talk to him and he, he talked to the like the club president and he's like, Oh, they were talking shit about you. Bro. <laughs> I had to go defend you. What is it with Brazilians <laughs> and scamming people? Because Carlos Kaiser was his name. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. This guy's taking a piss. Dedication. Dedication dude, to the pod. It's water, dude. It's, it's my uh, water. <laughs> he says, uh, Carlos Kaiser is a Brazilian con artist, former footballer who played as a striker. He sat, He managed to sign for numerous teams during his decade-long career. He never played a game. The closest occurrence ended in a red card while warming up. And uh, <laughs> that's when he got. That's when he started to fight. And hid his limited ability with injuries, frequent team changes, and other ruses. Wow, dude, that guy's a fucking legend. <laughs> Looks like we have uh, our number one fan joining us tonight. He's been quiet though. I'm. No, I haven't. Uh, I just added him to the speaker. All right, all right. Speaking about imposters, Ricardo, this is all this is all you. You have the floor. <laughs> Buenas noches. Buenas noches. So, I see Mr. Rico has popped up too. Finally, another voice of reason. Yeah i i made it I made it out of my law books uh, early enough to catch the show. Nice, Johnny. These these guys are scared. They saw that seven zero, and <laughs> they they got the anti press notice. Also, um, I have a real problem right now with the with the with the Chivas propaganda machine right now. Oh man, they they win two games, and yeah. now they're hyping up that that kid that no one even knew, Chupete or Chupete or whatever that guy's name is. Who? That defender <laughs> that they're comparing, they're comparing him to Emilio Lara, who just called up, who just got called up to the selection, rightfully so. Are you talking about Chicote? Nah, Chupete, something like that. Chiquete? Chiquete. Yeah, he was, he was playing center back, and I think this last game he played left back. It, it goes to show you how, how jealous. The Chiermanos are anytime America has a real uh, Mexican jewel, they denigrate them just to make themselves feel better. <laughs> You're talking about Jesus Orozco, who, uh, when Chivas had a friendly uh, earlier this year in San Jose against Leon, he scored, and I was like, "Oh, this!" I think that was his uh, only goal for the club. But uh, yeah, he looks promising. It's going to be another Edson Nene debate, another Linus Trophies debate. Your guys stay in Liga MX and our guys go to Europe. What good is Europe if you're on the bench, dog? 
better than MLS. You know what? In that in that debate, like I'm I'm really sick of Europe coming and taking away our players. Like I want a championship team at America. I could give a shit about Europe. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree, Johnny. But I'm just letting these guys know that our players are better than them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, we got a Peruvian no. on our team. You better watch out. Oh, a historic moment. Uh, like, a Peruvian scored scored a game winner for Chivas, an all Mexican team, right? We should cap him. Oh wait. Mm-hmm. Like right right now, the the way America's playing for the first time, I'm not missing Guido Rodriguez. Like I'm I'm barely mm-hmm. I'm barely getting over that that Guido Rodriguez exit. The historic midfield. Yeah. What's he up to nowadays? He, I. I heard that. Uh, I know he Liverpool, was at Betis, right? Yeah, I, I heard Liverpool were rumored to to want him. Wow. And if he gets sold, America gets some cash. Oh, they have a clo- they have a clause. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, we talked about Ochoa earlier about his contract, like potentially expiring out at America, but I didn't get your uh, opinion on that, Ricardo. Would you be Losing sleep if, if Ochoa left to the MLS? For the right price, I wouldn't. Well, uh, his contract's going to expire, so there, would no be, there wouldn't be a transfer fee. Mm. Well, depending on who comes back, but I'm not really... I've let my feelings known about how I feel about Ochoa. Yeah, I don't know if you caught that little like uh, monologue that I played back for everyone. About that, you know, the fat guy talking about Ochoa. Oh no, I just seen the that video. I didn't catch that, but I seen that video of that of that Chiva and that Chiarmano <laughs> uh, assembling a protest because they want America to play in La Liga. Bro, you know that was no Chiarmano for a fact. That was an America know, real to me. <laughs> real to me. Wait, what happened? <laughs> Some video uh, going around, some guy in a Chivas jersey saying that America needs to leave. We got Mekis and playing Europe because they're just destroying everybody. No way. <laughs> You're lying, and, dude. And it's not fair that they're destroying all the equipos grande. <laughs> He's wearing a Chivas yeah, I believe him. That sounds like a proper troll, man. <laughs> yeah. Get yeah, a Chivas jersey on and everything. <laughs> um... Another player that has an expiring contract, and this is there's a lot of moving pieces in this one, but LA Galaxy are after Luis Suarez, and uh, they're looking to replace Chicharito with him. Chicharito's ex- uh, contract expires in January. So if he was to leave and be a free agent, coincidentally, he just signed with Puma because... Surprisingly, he had he didn't have a sponsor uh, for a while. He was with the he was with Nike originally, then Adidas, and then he just nobody really cared about him because he was crying on YouTube on his blog <laughs> about getting <laughs> cucked, and he lost a lot of sponsorship there. But now he's with Puma, uh, specific, specifically Puma Mexico. So I'm wondering if they have some sort of uh, influence because they do sponsor Chivas, and what a great opportunity for Chivas to bring back Javier Hernandez and and be their their star player and sell a bunch of jerseys. It's a win-win-win situation for everybody. 
I don't I, know about a win-win-win. I feel it's going to be it has potential to be a Dani Alves situation. You can bring nah. an older guy, and if he's not, if Chicharito doesn't score ten plus goals, they're going to turn on him. I, I was I, I was going to say that sounds like a win for the rest of the seventeen teams in the. League. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, I like this guy. This guy's got jokes. Hey, but I mentioned before, and you and you guys came after me. You see what you see with that this crybaby Chicharito did. He noticed his his contract was expiring. So what did he do? He signed with a Mex with a Mexican brand, trying to crawl back to Liga MX because no one wants him in MLS anymore. Pumas is German brand. Pumas is German. Yeah, but the 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 Mexican like the yeah. you mentioned him, the Pumas Mexico. It's Puma 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 Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All yeah. right. I told you guys, and that's what happened. These these guys go to cash out in MLS because they're Pecho Fríos, and I disagree with you guys saying that they should that that the it's toxic. Yeah, the media is toxic in Mexico, but that's pressure, man. Something they're not gonna get in MLS. There's a little truth to that because wasn't Chicharito kind of offering himself to go play for free at Manchester United? Of course. Was. Mm-hmm. No, what crit- criticism and and like yellow journalism is two different things. So, like a valid criticism, I would not be against. But like we see a lot in the Mexican media, well, they exaggerate things. They're just so even blatantly being their, like, rude. Lives. Yeah. And I think that. That's a disservice because you have a lot of fans, especially younger fans, and and that's that's what's like um, influencing them and how they see football. That's why I think uh, for me, Mex fans, uh, the majority they're they're very easy to convince about things. Um, I remember Che Armanos talking about Almeida like he was the greatest coach ever, and, and I was always fighting them because it's like you not know the story of the club, you know, like. Or, or or the stuff that they have achieved. Yeah, and Chivas did at it again. Any every time you rest for Chivas, you guys win. What a coincidence! Every time we what? Every time Chivas did refs for you guys, <laughs> you win. What a coincidence! Yeah, we, I, 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 we I were about with, to get one. I agree with Jolie there. I think uh, Mexican fans are too easily impressed and too easily swayed. Um, Swayed and turns they they turn turn on the the players like um, Solari for America. People were way too impressed too quickly with him. Like I, I was I would look at his games and yeah, America was being super leaders, but they were playing like garbage. And I I came to the conclusion that it was the the four three three that he was that he was putting out there. The four three three just doesn't fit the Mexican style of play. Mm-hmm. And this is something Juan Carlos Osorio tried to do with La Selección and something Tata Martino's trying to do with La Selección. Like, I don't know what it, it's going to take to convince them that 4-3-3 is just not ideal for the Mexican player. What do you like, the five The five um, in the back? No, I, I like the four, like the four in the back, but there's, there's got to be a second, a second forward, even if it's a false striker mm. there needs there needs to be someone else in the middle to help out the striker because mexican strikers are just not good enough to be on their own in That's the middle true. in the middle like 433 is you're you're sacrificing a striker 
to kind of battle it out on his own and he's never going to shine that way. That was the biggest uh, criticism uh, Chicharito had in Europe is like, oh, he's not a complete striker. Like he doesn't know how to like, you know, build plays and all that. Um, you do have like players that have been historically like target, target men, you know, think of uh, Raul Jimenez, Borghetti, like these guys can play with the, they're back to the goal and stuff, but yeah, you definitely need like a supporting cast to help you out there. Yeah, that's that's why I don't have high hopes for Mexico this World Cup. Like, and, and so it, it took me all the way until Solari with America to realize that it's the four three three that's dragging America and Selección just down. It's if you change up the formation and play to the Mexican players' strengths, I think we could do a lot better. Yeah, the problem right now is like Mexico can barely produce one striker, you know. So to have two, it's kind of difficult. Yeah, no, I I agree, but it doesn't have to be like a natural natural striker. Like look look at what America's doing right now with with someone like Valdez. Like Valdez is not a natural striker, but he's the one that plays behind Martin. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what it ties with. I mean, we're having trouble producing a striker. Like Johnny said, we're trying to produce like a striker that does it all, as opposed like if you had like Henry Martin, Raúl Jiménez, or whatever, with a second striker that takes a lot of that pressure off, direct pulls defenders away. Uh, we probably would have somebody scoring a lot more goals, but with that four-three-three, everybody else is trying to do high press, pressing, and then the striker trying to do everything by himself, so it just creates that huge problem. It's just too predictable because like you have two wingers. And you're just crossing the ball into the box, like it's just too predictable, man. You gotta have a little bit of a different approach. Yeah, all of Europe's doing four three three, so I guess the rest of the world's trying to do it. But I mean, with Latin f- flavor, with Mexican soccer, South American, you know, we're used to using that number ten, and that four three three has killed the number ten. Uh, you know, us. Uh, our game is to slow the game down, have possession, get some touches. It's not about one, two, three touches, and you're shooting already. Yeah, yeah, and and that that's what Dan Ortiz has done great at America. He like just that little change was the world of difference. Danos reminded me of Bianchi's Boca, um. Del Bosques, Madrid, and Spain. Man, this guy's this guy's awesome for America. So you guys have five straight victories in a row. You must be feeling good. You got Mazatlan on Friday. Um, how are you feeling about your chances? Uh, pretty good. I mean, if there's there might throw in some more rotations. Um, the, like they did against Querétaro, rest some players. Um, we we saw against Querétaro that that midfield is the key. The the Richard Sanchez and Fidalgo pair, uh, mm-hmm. like they're they're the one, they're the engine of the entire team because they played Aquino and Jonathan dos Santos and it just didn't produce what. So it it all depends on what kind of starting lineup Dan Ortiz throws out there. Hey, hey, Johnny, did you see who America got? That guy from LAFC? How do you think he will fit in the rotation? 
in the lineup, I mean. So I, I, I did say that we signed Brian Fernandez. Problem is, I have no idea. I don't know anything about this guy. Um, yeah. I don't watch MLS. So. Oh, that's official Same now? Here. Yeah. Yeah, that's official. Um, but if if you see you know another another attacking player that's that's good, um, you know more more help for for the attack, and hopefully this means that we can get rid of Roger Martinez. Like I never want to see that guy in my life. Wait, what's his Bang. name? Brian Fernandez. No, it's uh, Brian, Rod- Brian Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. I'm like, there is no Brian Fernandez. And that guy, that guy on Twitter, the MLS Buzz, he was talking crap about America, and I was like, "You guys paid like fifteen million for him, and we fleece you with six. <laughs> so that goes. There's another reason why MLS is gonna go down in flames. They don't know how to handle money. Looks like he played for Peñarol, then yeah. LAFC, Almeria, and now he's at America, and he's he's a young cat, man. And he's he's already a seleccionado for Uruguay, oh. no? Uh, he's had 17 appearances since 2019. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen him score on USA. He, he was looking pretty good, but that's the national team, obviously. You know, I really like it's a baller. Uruguay is uh, they need to do like case study on Uruguay. Very fascinating. I mean, we're talking about a country with a population of like maybe. Oh, I... I already explained this, Jaime. I'm at his castle. <laughs> <laughs> I know we've talked about it, like, we have talked about it, but, dude, like... Well, because have you guys seen that Netflix show about the World Cup? Like, the, the first episode is about Uruguay. Which one? Oh, that's you know, a good show. A... What's it it's, called? It, I forgot what it's called, but it's all about the World Cup winners. And the uh, yeah. first oh. one's about Uruguay. Damn. Yeah, uh, Looks like it's Must called be uh, Becoming Champion. Yeah. Well, I, I just really quick, one thing with Uruguay, because it's a small country, um, easier to scout, but it's it's football mad country. That's like their sport, their main sport. I know they play rugby and polo or whatever, but that's that's like polo. their main sport. Oh. <laughs> um, but this is one of the things that it's like, when you have that many people playing that were professional or at least played to some level, then it like trickles down because then it's like, like, um, like let's say here when you have like KYSO and it's little kids that are playing and it's like <coughs> someone's the mom or someone's tia is the coach and they, they never played. They just have like some, and it's like the complete opposite over there, you know, um, <clears throat> where it's like, you're bound to have someone that played football at some level. So, and, and that's already, you know, that's already from, from youth, you're already being exposed to, to, to football and, and these ideas and whatnot. And I think that that helps shape, you know, shape the country. And then also the other thing is with like, they're not filled with extranjeros, you know? So the number of players playing throughout their leagues is just, way more, you know, compared to Mexico, it's like, I think we only have about 150, um, which is a very small number. Yeah. 150, because I think the, there was a study on how many players get called up to the selection in a World Cup cycle, and it's about 80. 80 players 
will get called up. Yeah. I mean, that's if you're playing in first division, you, that's a big percentage of chance that you're going to make at least get to play a Molero. Yes, speaking of the, like, what what, what is it in Liga MX? It's like you have to have three Mexicans on the field at all times. Like, I'm, yeah. America now has three Uruguayos that they can have on the field at, at all times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, Darwin Nunez just joined Liverpool, and, you know, it's funny. He also started at Peñarol, then he went to Almería. I don't know if that's, like, the road to success for... Uruguayans. And Barcelona had a chance to buy him off Almeria for nine million and they they said no. Wow. Pretty impressive. So Mazatlán America Friday, Puebla Juarez, eh. Cruz Azul Querétaro. That'll be no love for Puebla? What? I said no love for Puebla. Yeah, they, they deserve love, especially the coach. Five straight draws in a row, man. Yeah, but he's, Puebla, he's with Puebla, man. I think... Um, well, I'm just saying, like, it's not an attractive... Like, I'm not going to watch Juarez in Puebla. <laughs> and Juarez got a bunch of ex-players that used to be good, you know? Bunch of has-beens. Chivas tried to sign a bunch of them. <laughs> Carlos Fierro, Carlos Salcedo. You have Talavera. You at one point they had Fabian. They have. Uh, is Duca still the coach? No, no. he left. No, Duca no. Cristante, isn't it? What's that? The coach is Cristante. Oh, that's right. I forgot this about that. Pretty, this is a good coach. This is the first season that Duca is unemployed. Yeah. Damn. That's... Yeah, the first season in what, like twenty years? Uh, yeah. I'm looking at his teams managed. Damn, Johnny, that's a damn. Yeah. That's, I thought of that. That's crazy. Oh, it's yeah, weird not seeing him. Fired. 1991 yeah. to 1996, he was at Pumas. If, if, if they fire Lini, guess who they're calling up real quick? Who? Tuca. Yep. Was wasn't Tuca the coach when uh when Chivas lost to Necaxa that one final? Yep. Oh, that, that was a great final. <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite moment was when Hermosillo made that that uh, that weenie Sanchez look foolish, and he just passed it off to the side. Was he also the coach when? America, I mean, when Chivas beat America 5-0, mm. I think that would have been him. You know, I'm, I'm not going to I don't remember. It. I'm not going to talk <laughs> crap about that because in 1991, it was Tuca Ferretti who scored that golazo in the final. Yeah, beat from outside the box. You know who was the coach for Pumas back then? Miguel Mejia Barón, mm-hmm. who's the sporting director right now at Pumas. Mm. Yeah, well, Barón, Barón goes to the World Cup in 94, and he took he took uh, Tuca as one of like his assistants. Yeah, so so if, if Lilini gets fired, guess who Miguel Mejia Barón is calling up real quick? Oh, yeah, that's his boy. Uh, 
But does Tuca want to retire or what? I feel like he's. No, that that guy that guy loves the limelight, like driving around Ferraris and Monterrey. <laughs> but but would they hire him after what he did at Tigres? What what yeah. do you do? He was acting like a scumbag, and he was making those sketchy transfers. Hey, man. Did you hear about that? Because at one time, they were saying that Tigres had like uh, 50 players or more around like uh, around South America and the U and Mexico, and the, the numbers weren't adding up. I don't know. I think Pumas is one of those beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, but but see, this is also the other thing was like, if Tigres gave him that, you know, like like they gave him that much power to do all of that, you know, that's that's a difference there as well. Where it's like, I don't think he would have that at at Pumas. I'd like to go bargain shopping, like on a discount bin. Pumas already do oh. that, and that's a common thing in Mexico. Like Gustavo Matosas, Miguel Herrera. Uh, that guy at Chivas, Valera. There's a lot of people that, like, you know, behind the scenes, everyone knows that they take a cut for uh, signing players, yeah. transfers. Hugo Sanchez, he would, like, charge players a play. Some of fucking Hugo Sanchez has so much money. But you was know? that even, pr- was that ever proven? Well, I know he got came out accused. And said it. Yeah, but that I mean it's true, you <laughs> know? Well, I mean, for a player to come out and say that, Hugo Sanchez was charging them something. I don't know. That's crazy. Now, you, you know what game's going to be lit? It's going to be tomorrow, Pachuca Atlas. Pachuca Atlas. Yeah, that, that's tomorrow. That, that game's going to be good. Pachuca Atlas and Cholos Santos tomorrow. That's, that's another good one. Two, two good ones tomorrow. Um, Pachuca, sixth position, Atlas, 14th. Yeah. Be, be campeon Atlas. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I see what you did there, Jan. Yonik. I see what you're doing. <laughs> I think the match that it's like a train wreck, but you got you kind of have to see it go go down is uh, Cruz Azul Querétaro, of the two worst teams in the league. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Cruz Azul has to bounce back from that sub zero. Yeah. Toluca Pachuca. On That's going to be a good one. That's yeah. Good one. Yeah. Toluca's doing good. Second place. Um, I forgot to like talk about this, but I'm a little bit upset, you know, because Chivas had such a abysmal start to the season, hadn't touched a victory in eight games, and suddenly they win two games. And they're in Repechaje now. They're in 11th position. They went from, like, being second last to, like, in <laughs> in the bubble. Like, they can actually qualify to the playoffs and potentially win a title this season. That's a problem. Well, that, that, that sounds like America season last season. They went from dead last to fourth. Yeah. It's just scary how quickly, like, you can climb. And that's not a good thing. No, it's not a good thing. That's that's the issue, bro. You yeah. Don't, you don't see that in any other, like, 
league in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, but- we're talking about, like, if this was in the Prem League, no chance. No chance. You would never get close to winning silverware. Like, like we, Cruz Azul obviously are doing horrible, but, you know, they're only three points away from 12th place. That's what I'm saying. They get a, a couple of victories, and all of a sudden, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, I am I'm, I don't like it either, but at the same time, it's like, it also shows how even match the majority of Liga MX is. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Yeah, but that doesn't matter. I mean, who had that for Cantina Bingo tonight? (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's evenly matched. What matters is that out of what, 18 teams, 12 have a chance of being champs? Well, yeah, because if anything, it should be like top six qualified to. No, but uh, yeah, you're right. But that's like more like going into Ligilla. I'm talking about like the table. Like like the tabla, you know. So um, so I even if we got rid of the liguilla, just how the the tabla can change, um, to me it's that's that's the reason because of, you know, these uh, teams. Most teams they're not that far off from the other teams. Yeah, even even in MLS, you don't have that kind of, that dramatic switch where you see a team climb from last place to top. But I, I think it adds to excitement. Like this is a unique excitement that only Mexico has. Like, oh, like, like don't get me wrong, it's entertaining. And from yeah. and for from an entertainment standpoint, oh, I fucking love it, man. Are you kidding me? It's great. But at the same time, like let's let's be honest, man. Like there should be there's there's no reason why Chivas should have a shot at a title the, based on like the first 10 <laughs> games of the season, bro. Like they, there's no, they, the, what? The for, <laughs> it's the like, how, bro? Promotes mediocrity. Yeah, that's what I'd say is I don't see entertainment. I'm a pessimist. I think if anything, it shows that it, the players are not held accountable because they know they can turn up the last five, six games mm-hmm. and should try to get in Liguilla and then turn up then when it matters. Because that's like, what's the point of finishing Super Leader? There's the Super Leader curse. I'm sure the teams probably don't give them a bonus for being Super Leaders. They want, like, you know, the championship. So it's just like, you know, as long as I'm in between first and 12, we're okay. Yeah, dude. It's like, like in my high school, the, the standards was so low that, like, a D was considered passing. Even even for even for the owners, imagine if you're an owner and you get top four fourth place. You know what that means? That means you don't get to sell tickets for one like one round. Oh, that's right. You have a bye week. Yeah, like if you if you're in between fifth and twelfth, you get an extra game. Damn, that's crazy. Finishing repechaje, so we get that. But you are guaranteed two more games where Repechaje you only get guaranteed one game because it's a one-off. So yeah. it kind of like evens out, but that is a good point to to bring up. I think it's just like honestly like embarrassing, man. Like, again, we were talking about like how Chivas hadn't won the entire season and how this was like a failure and the, you know, everybody was turning on, on Dick Chain and the players and the fans, you know, saying the shit that they say every week. No tiene huevos! And 
And then you, you even had like the old guy giving uh, Dick Chain consejos. <laughs> He, he, he barely listened because he started winning after that. He, he, this guy, this guy pulled Dick Chain aside, not for an autograph, but like, mira, wait, this is how you need to do it. He's like, no, I believe you, I believe you. You know, he was just trying to be polite. You check my tactics on my Insta, bro. If this guy, if Chino's into winning a title this season, they gotta hire that guy. That's like, <laughs> it's do, like that. Do you guys not? Do you guys not think that the doble jornadas? They've exposed the way Liga MX uh, operates. The teams, I mean, they operate like their strength and conditioning is operating. Well, like it's at a really low level. I think it's two things, right? It's obviously the lack of, again, professionalism and, and training. Like, just not taking it serious. And I also think it's just, like, showing that the lack of depth in, in a roster. You know, some teams are... Or ba- barely able to muster like a, a decent, you know, starting eleven. Um, but once you start doing double games, that that sort of changes things. And you would hope from that, you would hope that the benefit from from having a double jornada is more and more young players get opportunities to play. You know, from the cantera. But that hasn't been the case. Like, have have there been debuts? I haven't haven't really seen too many like new names popping up. Yeah, and these like you and and these guys are these teams are used to playing just one time one time a week. Yeah, and, and I seen on Twitter, uh, uh, like this reporter was comparing it to the Brazilian league, and uh, and he was mentioning that, oh, in 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 a certain week they could be playing a league a league game, a cup game, and like and they have like another turn and a Libertadores game in, oh, in the same week. Oh wow! And well, you're never gonna see that in Mexico. I think we did see it. I think America um, played at one point, like yeah, it was a Liga. It was they they had like four games in one week because they yeah. had the the ida y vuelta of Liga and Libertadores. Really? Oh yeah, back back then we, there it was around. But I'm I'm saying now, like yeah, never. The closest yeah, because... the closest thing we see is Copa Mekis, but that's not even a thing anymore. <laughs> I got rid of it. You know, I, I miss Copa and <laughs> Me same, too. Same. Yeah, they got rid of it to whore out to the MLS on their tournaments. That that's yep. where you would see the youngsters at Copa and Yeah. Didn't man. Macias debut on a Copa and game? I remember seeing that. Mas- and he scored. Macias debuted a long time ago, man. Yeah, but I remember seeing his debut. He scored on the Copa and team, I believe. I don't, I don't know. know. I I'm gonna have to. Team. I'm gonna have to find it. But his name, like, 2017, I think, was when he debuted. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Chivas do that a lot. They'll debut. Like, you know, Trophies. I remember when Trophies had, like, that, that one season they were, like, comparing to Messi. But he had debuted, like, in 2016 and shit. Like, I don't know. Bro, he was he already had problems. That's why. He was already showing, like, discipline problems. He was throwing pool parties early. He, yeah, he was already. Man, that guy's a bum. Matias, he he played at Pachuca just really quick. Yeah, he played in his last game. Like uh, he came in the second half. Wait, who? El Puerco de Chofis. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you got an assist. You you know what? 
Copa MX also kind of it, it's helped to save like some coaches' jobs. Like I, if you remember Cruz Azul or Chivas having a shit season in the league, and then all of a sudden they win Copa MX. Yeah, and then, and then the coach gets to keep his job. Yeah, uh, I I looked it up. So he uh, Macias made his debut under Matias Almeida in the Campeón de Campeones against Tigres, oh, okay. and he did score his first goal uh, in um, Copa Mekis. You see? There you go. Yeah. But now we're reduced to playing against MLS. Those, those, those trash. Oh, uh, okay. No, the, yeah, the trash MLS teams. Yeah. <clears throat> That'll take us nowhere. We got the Conca, Conca Crap Champions League, mm-hmm. and then we have the League's League. Cup. And then we have the League's Cup friendlies. That's that's what American Chivas were doing against the, the LA teams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The League's Cup showcase, which is just a bunch of friendlies. And they don't, they don't get paid for those friendlies. Like there's no benefit. You mean the players? Coaching. No, the yeah, the players don't get paid. The teams get paid, but then obviously they're not gonna invest the money that they get for that into the team. It, hey, uh, is it true that um, the players don't get paid for La Selección either? Uh, they do. They go. They agree like to bonuses and stuff. That's what uh, like Canada is having this issue with right now. Their players are still like boycotting like the amount of bonuses and everything that they're gonna get, but uh, yeah, that's what. Uh, no, but like when they go like the Moleto tour, like I don't think they're getting paid. No, yeah, they get cuts. The, that's what they agree with beforehand, like how much you're gonna get. It's like bonuses and stuff. Really? Like if you featured, if you get called up. Yeah, uh, that's, it's a bonus. It's a bonus structure, uh, not a salary. I know. Salary I, I know for tournaments. Yeah, for tournaments it, like it, World Cup I, and shit. I've never shit. heard for a friendly. I haven't heard that, but I know for a tournament, it's like if they advance or what place they finish, that they do get a, a bonus and they get like a percentage of whatever the, the tournament pays out. Yeah, the purse. But for friendly games? No, I don't think they get paid I, for friendly. I think that's like, hey, you want to end up getting the bonuses and the sponsorships and you know, you're going to have to play. My, and, and this is like the reason why I think they're not getting paid is because obviously like you had players like Chicharito who like try to fight for, for that. Well, yeah, because he said that when, when he would come play friendlies that they would have him do all this promotional work. Commercials and photo shoots yeah. and all that. And he's like, this, this is not worth my time. Like, my, why am I? Yeah. I would say. Yeah, I, I disagree with that. You, see, you, you guys say that, but then what, what got him to, to that, guy, that guy, L.A. team or whatever? The fact that he plays for the national team. So it's promotion both ways. Yeah, but he didn't need it anymore. So, so you don't think these companies give the players a cut? I All right, so this is, this is my theory. My theory is, like, you, like, you don't get, like, a paycheck from, like, La Selección Mexicana for going to these like Moleto games or whatever. I do think that there are certain players that have the markability that have like a big draw, and I think they're allowed to like negotiate like a cut. I think that's like how it goes. Like yeah, like 
like Ochoa with the Allstate commercial. That yeah, he, he got a cut like from, from Allstate. Yeah, I think like individually, like these players kind of like make like deals on the side, or they have they are approached for certain things, and that's where they get paid. Yeah, I, 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 I and I think with like depending the like for example, there was a a Mexico game in I think San Francisco, and they they were advertising it, and they had the players that weren't even called up. Like, like Ochoa, Chicharo, and Vela yeah. or something like that. And those guys weren't even part of the team. But I, but I think it was like, like if the if you have a sponsor that if the sponsors with the national with the national team, and then I think that they get like um, they get to use whatever players are called up. But then I don't think the players get a percentage of that. And I think that was one of the things they were fighting for. Like image yeah. right, yeah. Especially going into like the World Cup, you know, it's like oh, it's yeah, Panini I, and all that stuff. You're getting your like Panini a... sticker on there, and your <laughs> I don't, I, I don't think they get a percentage, but I'm sure they get some kind of stipend. Like they, they gotta get something. Yeah, you'd be surprised, man. Don't these guys get enough already? I mean, I mean, you ask, you ask a guy like Messi from the clubs, they, they get paid from the clubs, but yeah. now that was the other thing that some of the clubs before were like protesting because it's like if a player gets injured during the in a friendly game yeah. or a tournament he's useless for us now but we're still paying his we're still Salary. paying his weekly yeah. wages yeah you know a, a, a smart a smart businessman would start an insurance company for <laughs> injured players i'm sure there is insurance <laughs> or it's part of their contract we just have Brazilians taking advantage what they don't want to happen is obviously union, and I think that's why Chicharito was uh, blacklisted. And, yes, and, and 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 also and also Rafa Marquez at one point, you know, he tried to he tried to get that going as well. And well, look, he, he's he's not he couldn't even work. And all in, of a sudden, and all of a sudden, he, he gets leave. uh he gets associated with Narcos. Like what a coincidence! <laughs> but he was in that that uh, club de cuervos. Remember, he comes out when he's like the head of the the player union. And then he did it. He did it in real life. And right. then that player you know, never did anything. It, it didn't amount to anything in Mexico. And, and didn't he sell his soul right after that to be like the Atlas president or something? It was right after that. I remember. Yeah, and, and that was the, the thing that like when Orlegi takes over, they didn't even want him there, which was a bit surprising for me at first because it's like. That's their biggest name, and they were like, no association with him. They just for political reasons. You think they booted him out? Yeah, I do think. Yeah, you don't want a player that's like trying to start a revolution, you know? Or maybe he was up to something shady. Like these guys aren't innocent; they're not all innocent themselves. I you mean, know? he is from Michoacan, you know. That's yep. a t- that's a terrible place <laughs> to be from. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a coincidence that they cut Rafa Marquez and all of a sudden they'd be campeones. Oh. They they couldn't allow him to become B campeon twice in Liga Mekis with two different clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something Chivas hasn't come close to doing. Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, Amari doesn't have a brother at the ref's commission. Yeah, so. exactly. Oh yeah, he's broke. How's he gonna pay anyone? <laughs> and then the, the Chivara was lying about Chivar because he hasn't helped. 
all season. Who, whoever sold me on on the Chivares, it was lying. Oh, Chivares real. <laughs> I can't I, prove it. I can't where, prove where, it's real, but it's real. Where was it at the start of the season? Oh. Well, you guys got all those marshmallow games <laughs> in the first couple. Of- and then you get the the carcass of Necaxa, mm. the show used to be, not like back in the nineties when they had Aspe, Aguinaga, Cuauhtémoc, like Luis Hernández, and like I mentioned, when Hermosillo humiliated humiliated you guys in that final. <laughs> I remember that final. That was the most upsetting final. I think that one hurt more than like losing to Pumas and penalties. Cause like we, well, the, the, the Pumas game should have never gone to penalties because they did give Chivas. A PK that allowed the series to end in a tie. Oh, I, I love those penalties though. That's when uh Kikin ran up on to that that uh that reject Oswaldo and screamed at him, <laughs> and he just took it. Yeah, but uh, a lot of good action this weekend with Liga Mekis. You know, I I do want to point out one thing. It's something very sad. Um, I don't know if you guys heard the the transmission in the United States for the America Querétaro or the America Cruz Azul game. El Perro Bermudez, his voice is gone. Really? Yeah, I noticed that. Like you like you you hear him call the goals and like his voice is just not there anymore. Oh wow. He just starts choking on his goal stream. Yeah. Um, I mean he they did announce that he was like this was gonna be retiring. his last, Yeah. Yeah, when when they announced it, I was like, "Oh, come on! The next World Cup is in Mexico. Give El Perro Bermudez the, yeah. the yeah. chance to retire in with a World Cup in Mexico." But after listening to to his calls on the America game, I was like, "Oh, okay." Now you yeah. you like, think you think this was something that was kind of going with him? Because I remember that he would do only half. Yeah, they'd only put on for like. Oh, I noticed that. I thought I thought it was just me that noticed that because they did do that. He, but they, he, they also he, did that with like Paulo Ramirez and everybody, so it wasn't yeah. just him. No, no comparison there. Come no, on, so only a few years ago, Univision was doing this thing where they had like three broadcasters, so they would do thirty minutes each. Um, I don't know. Just I think it was a way to get their more star broadcasters more airtime. Yeah. Um, well, no, I, but, but I was at, at, at Televisa, not at Univision. Like I was um, like at Televisa, and just just how legendary he's been. Yeah, and just him to have games. I was I was under the impression that they were doing um, forty five in USA and then forty five in Mexico. Like they were doing, oh. they were they were putting him on both broadcasts. I think I I thought that's what what was going on. Oh, I, I don't know if he's doing 45 in Mexico, but he, no, because he, he would do like 45 as the play-by-play and then 45 as an analyst, like, in you know, that backup voice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the caller commentator. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but when, when he was screaming the goals, like you can just tell his voice is just gone. Yeah. Yeah, he like talks now. He doesn't narrate the games with that same passion. Well, I mean, I feel like uh, Univision and Televisa kind of lost their grip on... I mean, they don't have the World Cup rights anymore. It's all going to be on Telemundo, NBC, whatnot, Peacock. And uh, I know that through the end is like getting rid of a lot of people. 
but they still have the rights in Mexico. So Pedro Ramos is still going to be on for Mexico. Yeah, but I don't think they have all the games. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know how it works in Mexico. I know like Azteca has some, and I know like Televisa has some. It's like all over the place. But is that a good thing for over here in Telemundo? They don't have any good announce. Any dude? Good, they uh, just announced like squad, bro. Who they they got like hella heads going for the World Cup. I, I like I know somebody from Uruguay. I think it's a uh, Forlan. I think he's joining. Um, they had like a whole list of people that they're like bringing in for the World Cup. I'm like, damn, this is actually like legit. Yeah, they have Cantor, right? Yeah, they have Cantor, and now they they even have a uh, Cantor's uh, kid, his son. No, really? Yes. Yeah, so so I, I remember watching one of the Mexico away games in qualifiers. And they had Andres Cantor on the play-by-play, Manuel Sol as the analyst, and Cantor's kid as the field reporter. Oh, wow. Oh, este Fernando Hierro, he's joining. Um, yeah, they have a they have a lot of play, uh, people that they announced for the World Cup. But okay. I will say um, I've been getting really tired of, like, Cantor, Manuel Sol, Manuel Sol, and uh, Ed Morcillo, bro. Ed Morcillo, like, sounds and looks drunk every time he talks. Like, I know that's just how he is. Like, that's how he talks. But, dude, this guy looks like he's like one of my drunk uncles, like, asking for another beer. Now I, now I have to watch. And Manuel Sol, like, criticizes every Manu- finish. Yeah. Like, why did he do this? Why did he do that? And I'm like, Manuel Sol, you scored 16 goals your whole career. Like, what are you? I know, like. You know, you won championships and everything, but you're the last guy who should like be talking about scoring goals. It's it's a game of soccer. It's a game of mistakes. If they did the right decision every single play, the games would be ending twenty to twenty or something. Of course, there's gonna be misses. So they just criticize us so much. But but you guys got to take into account that they're commentating on Chivas and they're always making mistakes. <laughs> Nah, with everything, and then Cantor hates Chivas ever since that Boca game. Yeah, yeah. They asked him, um, the Monterrey guy, the goalkeeper. If he was a goalkeeper for River Plate for the final, and said, uh, he's like, yeah, he was, but that's the only thing I remember. Don't ask me anything else about that game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. so my. My issue with uh, Manuel Sports, Manuel Sol specifically is he just likes to play devil's advocate. He likes to just be against the grain, just to be against the grain. And, like, I, I think that's, like, his thing. He just wants to, like, stay relevant and, and just have something to talk about. But there's times where, like, it'll be a penalty kick or, like, a foul. And he'll just say, like, oh, no, that's, like, a straight red. And it's like, dude, like, calm the fuck down, bro. It really wasn't that serious. And it's such a shame because, like, I really liked him as a player. Um like he was a really good solid player for Chivas and it's just like as a commentator I just can't stand him. Um another thing I can't stand and this is like getting really annoying is these paywalls like you have Vix Plus which was originally introduced as just like an alternative like platform just to like catch games for free. They were like they led with that and like during the Euros like you could watch those games for free. But now it's like paywalled and you can't really catch every single game 
on cable anymore. You have to subscribe to it, and it's it's really just a shame. Yeah, it's it's it is a shame. Like, why why am I paying seventy dollars for a Fubu account just so same, you can John, for, same. Dude, <laughs> yeah, man, I have Fubu TV, and they raised the price. I'm paying like seventy dollars now, and and I it you know when I first signed up, it was they had everything, and now it's like I have to pay for ESPN Plus, and I have to pay for the stupid VIX. It's just like why, bro. Yeah, Peacock as well, trying to trying to do that too. Uh, games. What happened? Uh, there, there's this guy on Instagram who streams the games, like high quality. He goes live. Uh, he has like 600 followers. Like he's legit. Oh wow. Uh, he uh, he offers a service is like for seventeen dollars a month. Uh, you should download it to your smart TV, and uh, you get everything like Premier League, Liga Mekis, La Liga, Serie A. Uh, yeah, that's all you need. So I mean, like, uh, I can send you guys a DM if you're interested. I I just got the service today. Wait, what is it called? Uh, on Instagram, uh, his name is uh, give me a sec, uh, Rinald Rinald. Rinaldi Oficial. Okay. Yeah, but he streams all the Liga Mekis games live from his Instagram. He's like high quality <laughs> HD. That's crazy. He's like, he's like, if you guys like this and you want to watch this, stop paying those crazy prices in the US and box me, and then you can get the streaming service above as well. Bro, this and guy plug- This guy has like half a million followers. <laughs> yeah dude and he i don't know how he doesn't get shut down but he streams all the games wow it's time to get a, a fire stick and just put cody on there like like old times um i found the squad so telemundo's gonna have claudio borghi diego forlan fernando hierro horacio elizondo jaime herrera um maxi rodriguez mauro silva Carlos Tenorio and Tab Ramos. So yeah. Pretty good reinforcements. I'm I'm excited to hear like a player's perspective because a lot of the time, bro, like you get some of these guys that suck. That that sounds like they let Cantor hire the guys and he, Yeah, he like he picked them, right? Yeah, he picked all his buddies. There's too many South Americans. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's what I was gonna say, man. I, I prefer the Mexican commentators. Same. Well, that's, that's going to be the majority watching in Spanish. Yeah. It's going to be the Mexico games. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't... I don't want to hear Fortlan or Tad with those, funny, with those funny accents. Oh, man. You know who I can't stand on Dudene? The, the, the guy, the American guy. I can't stand that guy. Oh, the Balboa. Dude, I can't stand him. Yeah, well, they're pushing the MLS propaganda. That's why he's there. Yeah, I, I can't stand their MLS play-by-play guys that they put on Spanish and Liga Mekis. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot his name, but he he's, he spends the entire game trying to just throw in English words just for the fuck of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The good news is all that's going away next year. Thank God. No more MLS propaganda on Tudene because it's all going to Apple TV+. Plus. 
and we'll never have to hear from them again. <laughs> um, kind of running. Oh, wow. Two hours. Time flies. Um, yeah. Do you guys have any, any closing thoughts before we wrap up episode 346? Thank you guys for hopping on, by the way. Thank you. To, to, to all the Chiermanos, just don't get scared. It's going to. I feel the Golisa coming, and you got to get ready for that. Yeah, like you said, just just embrace it, lean into it. <laughs> it shall be good. Oh, I was wondering why Joel was being quiet. He uh, he hopped off. Now he's on again. <laughs> my, my, what happened, bro? I don't know, it just froze and then... Oh. Well, Joel, what are your closing thoughts for episode 346? Man, just with League, I, I, it's kind of more exciting for me for obvious reasons. But and I want to thank the people that came in to talk. All of you guys, thanks for helping on. And... One quick question. Uh, so Monterrey loses to Chivas and we lose... Uh... We lose our, our the regio host. The regio host? Y- yeah, there's isn't there like the what's his name? Fernando Fernando or Fernando? Oh yeah, he's, he he comes on sporadically. Yeah. Yeah, but he's been hiding ever since that defeat. Turned <laughs> out, yeah, he's he's been hiding. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll I'll remind him about I'll remind him that he's. he's <laughs> um, my closing thought has nothing to do with well, kind of it's video game related, but I got invited to play the uh, FIFA twenty three, uh, closed beta, and I had totally forgotten that Liga Mekis is no longer in the game, uh, because of Konami. Konami ended up. Uh, securing the rights for Liga Mekis. So for any of those uh, listening, um, just know that you're going to be really disappointed. <laughs> and uh, it's a sad day. FIFA has had Liga Mekis since 2005, so I yeah. I don't know what, I, what, what I'm going to do this year. Did, 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 you throw, did you throw in the catchphrase on purpose? Liga Mekis is no longer in the game. <laughs> <laughs> EA Sports, it's not in the game. Yeah, but what you what you think about it, Jaime? Um, it's a little derivative of FIFA 22. Uh, it does feel feels a little bit better. I'm playing on next gen, so I'm playing on the Series X. So I can't speak for like the regular Xbox or PS4. Um, it feels great. The graphics are better. Um. But it, it just feels exactly the same as last year with the new paint job. The career mode, they haven't fixed any of the bugs. And uh, people are still sweaty online. The only good thing about all of this is next year, it's going to be fucking crazy. You have this new developer in the game called UFL uh, starting this like free-to-play sort of game um, where like you earn by skill, not by paying. So they're they're kind of like a up and coming uh, new development. It's called UFL, and uh, I think by the end of this month they're gonna have a release date. And uh, the other thing too that I didn't know that this was happening 
is like obviously EA Sports lost the rights to FIFA, so they can't name it FIFA uh, next year. It's going to be called EA Sports FC. But FIFA themselves, like the organization, are going to continue the series, and they haven't really announced who's going to be their publisher. So potentially next year we might have four soccer games, uh, video games, with like uh, obviously like Pro Evolution, UFL, EA, and then FIFA. So it's going to be for the first time in a long time we're going to have options, and I'm gonna, I'm excited for that. So if if FIFA lands in Konami, then Liga MX will remain in FIFA. Well, it's not going to be Konami. Oh. Yeah. Um. It's going to be, and that's the thing, like, who else would it be? Maybe 2K Sports. That would be really fun. But they... on, on, EA, on EA Sports, um, is it true that the USL is now part of EA Sports? Yes. Yeah, USL's in there. All right, so we got some San Diego Loyals. Oh, yeah, the San Diego Loyals. Yeah. Actually, when I went to one of the, I forgot what game I went to, and I met I met somebody from the, from the uh, like, the... Like the fans and they like the guy had a podcast and everything. He was like really obsessed with the San Diego uh, Loyals. Yeah, yeah. I've been to a few of their games. I think it's it's pretty good. Is Landon Donovan still the coach? Yeah, he he's been offered MLS jobs and he's wow. turned them down. He he turns them down. Like all he cares about is living in San Diego. Yeah, I don't blame him. And you know, eventually. That would be a great market because San Diego doesn't have a team anymore. I mean, they have the Padres, but as far MLS as like... is, MLS is never the stadium situation here means that uh, MLS is never coming here. Oh, is it? Yeah. Did they tear down the uh, what was that stadium? So, so yeah, the Qualcomm, the old Qualcomm Stadium. They they tore it down, and San Diego State University oh. built the stadium. And it's it's their dreams to have MLS come and play in that stadium, but. There's no group of ownership that's going to throw $200 million just to not own the stadium. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Like the ownership group that was was going to bring MLS to San Diego, they they wanted to buy up that plot of land, build the stadium, build a whole bunch of other development. So they were going to make their profits in land development around the stadium. Oh, you take that away and it, you know, it doesn't it was, incentivize yeah. anybody to put in $200 million for a franchise. So the team plays at that stadium? No, the San Diego loyal play at the university of San Diego. Oh, private university. I see. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, out here, yeah. I've had the uh, opportunity to cover the Oakland roots, the, Base cities and Sacramento Republic, which they were going to the MLS, they had their spot, but then they, the pandemic happened and they had a they had to drop out. Yeah, the the owner of Sacramento Republic that was going to take them to MLS, he backed out, and mm-hmm. now he's the owner of uh, San Diego Loyal. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's enough uh, MLS USL talk for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> about to say <laughs> yeah. but uh uh thank you guys for hopping on today it's been really entertaining um our listeners are going to listen to this pre-record or recorded after the show uh, i do encourage you guys to uh to try and catch us on a tuesday wednesday we try to kind of keep it steady um like at 9 p.m either on a tuesday or wednesday 
uh, I want to catch you guys live. I want to listen to the listeners and, and see what they have to talk about. But I appreciate you all, and uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one.